Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. And I look at my dad and I'm like, How are you guys doing? Good? Hey, well, happy 4th of July, right? Man, it's, it's, uh, it's obviously um, something that I, I've kind of had in my heart that I want to talk about because today is 4th of July. But if you, if you, if you learn anything about me, you'll know this. Uh, this is my own conviction. I believe the Spirit of God is, is living and active and powerful, right? And I, and I also believe as, as, uh, as, as one of those on our team, uh, Dr. Stephen actually shared in our in our little huddle, we have a huddle with our team before we, we get started here. And, and by the way, anyone is welcome to come and serve. In fact, I'm going to start calling people out that I see come on a regular basis. Because it's not enough to just sit back. you got to step up and you got to be a part of the kingdom of God and the work of God. And so I just want to, there's something that happens when you start serving the local church. Like Jesus is coming back for his church. So I want to serve his church. I want to commit my life to his church. And, and let's just be honest. It's like how many hours on a Sunday, right? There's like two, three hours on a Sunday. So anyway, it's, we're, we're, we're kind of quiet here. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. There's something about stepping into the house of God and serving. But anyway, I bring that up because, because Dr. Stephen, um, man of God, really grateful friend, uh, he, he shared to our world, and he was, he was encouraging us that the kingdom of heaven becomes first before any other nation, right, or any other flag. And I'll be honest, I, I am a proud American. I love being an American. I do believe that we have freedom like no other. I do believe that there are people that have sacrificed their life for something, and we actually get to sit in the freedom of that. But let's not forget the ultimate freedom that we receive through Jesus. And here's the thing that I want to talk about. I want to talk today about freedom, right, obviously. But there's something, there's a correlation that takes place. In the scriptures it says this about the cross, about Jesus, about how he died for us. And if you didn't know this, well, now you know that the country was established in 1776 on really July 2nd, but it's July 4th that we celebrate. And there were some men that signed a document, right? But if you haven't, I would encourage you as an American, I think it's important to look this up, the Declaration of Independence. And yesterday, for the first time in my, like, young adult life, I actually took it seriously. I really wanted to know, like, I know I've read it before in school, but I want to, and I read it, and I'm, like, blown away by the correlations of the gospel. And that's not to say America is beyond the gospel. In fact, the gospel is beyond America, but there's something that happened within the founding fathers. And if you know anything about our history, you would know that, that we, the colonists, they wanted to get away from the tyranny of someone putting them in chains, telling them what to do and when to do it and how to use their money and, when, and all of this type of stuff, even religious tyranny. And so they set out and they were colonists. And so they, they made this declaration of independence. And you should read it because it's important. But there's, there's this life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, right? I don't know if you knew this, but that comes from the scriptures, did you know that? That the country was actually founded upon the scriptures, upon God. There's actually a philosopher that says, if you take out God in America, it won't really be America anymore. And so I, I, I give this message with a correlation, not of America. I'm grateful. So God, thank you for America. Thank you for those that have fought for us. That is important. We should take that and acknowledge that. 
But at the same time, within the same breath, may we not forget that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. That Jesus is the one that I look to beyond any politician, beyond any flag, and I'm grateful for the American flag. We honor it. But at the same time, I look at the gospel and I see, wow, I understand why they wanted life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, here it is, if you didn't know. It comes through the cross. It comes through the blood of Jesus that was shed for every single, single one of you, whether you have accepted Jesus or not. And the scripture says this, which is very too true in today's world. For the message of the cross, 1 Corinthians, is foolishness to those who are perishing. To those who don't, they don't, they don't care about God. They don't care about Jesus. They don't care about the cross. And so in return, they're, 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 they're putting their backs from what God is giving them as a free gift. And then he goes on to say, but to us, to those that have accepted Jesus, to those that have said, I want to be in relationship with you, Jesus, who are being saved, here it is. It is the power of God. What is the power of God? The message in light of the cross and what Jesus did. You see, there's power in the blood. That sounds weird, right? If you don't understand the blood and the meaning of the blood in the Old Testament and the correlations in the narrative form from the Old Testament to the New Testament, if you don't realize that John said, John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the Lamb that was slain, something about the blood, there's power in the blood and there's power in the cross and this brings, this power brings freedom. Did you know that? The reason why I get to, to come in and put my hands up, even though I know I'm an imperfect human being, I make mistakes, I say things that I shouldn't say, I do things that I shouldn't do, but I get to come and worship the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who is a just God, a loving God, a merciful God, but I get to stand in freedom because of the cross, because of the blood, and I get to own that freedom, but here it is. The title of my talk is, When You Find Freedom, You Find Power, right? So I don't know if you knew this, but you're free to live the life you were created to live. I mean, and that's kind of like the American mantra, right, which I love. It's like, go and find your dreams. It's the American dream. And we know people come from all over the country to, to pursue the dream that they feel they have, whether it's God's dream or theirs. We all are pursuing a dream. The question you got to ask yourself is, is it in line with what God wants for your life? But just know that you are free to live the life you are called to live. In fact, if you're in relationship with Jesus, you are free. I don't know if, I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if you needed to hear that. If you right here, right now, are in relationship with Jesus, you are free. Yet the paradox comes. How can I be a Christian free, but yet I live in shame and I'm broken and, and it doesn't make sense and, and, and my mind is off and I'm depressed and I have anxiety and there's all these things and I do not feel like I have any freedom. I don't know if you knew this, but you can actually relinquish your freedom that God has given you. You, you have a choice. That's the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of Jesus and the beauty of God is that he gives every single one of us a choice to live. And really, if you could kind of look at it in a narrative form with an imagery of being in a jail cell 
and the warden came and unlocked the jail and opened the gate, and he even gave you the keys to your own change, and he said, hey, you're free to get out. You're free, man. Go for it. At that point, it's your job if you want the freedom to get up and to walk out, right? And that's kind of what happens when you accept Jesus. The more we live our life, we realize in principle and in virtue that God calls us to a certain way of living. But that living comes only through the power of the cross. And a lot of times we think of freedom from the outside. Instead, really, the freedom comes from within. You see, there was a prophecy about Jesus, and this is what blows my mind about the scriptures. I was talking to, to my my, uh, I'll call him my hairstylist because he styles my hair too after and he kind of gives me some hints. But he cut my hair yesterday and, you know, he's a younger guy, a little bit younger than me. And, and man, we we're talking about like end time stuff and like new age stuff and, and like all of the things that could happen in the end time. Like what is going to happen? And then we, we, he, he didn't really understand the Bible. So he's asking me questions. It's kind of hard to like give the whole explanation of the scriptures. But one of the things I mentioned to him is prophecy. It's like, that's great. I'm like, did you know that there are things that happened in the Old Testament that came to pass in the New? And, and it's, like, it's like a fact. And, and not only is it a fact, but beyond prophecy, there are things that happen in the scriptures historically that secular historians look to and say, wow, that really happened over and over and over and over and over again. And then it was like, man, Jesus, what are you trying to say? And then I went to the coffee shop and I was telling Kelly, I was like, I had to do this, Kelly, I had to. I was like, you know, working and looking at my stuff. And then I could hear these two girls saying, what, what, like, I just, I just opened the Bible for the first time. The coffee shop I go to has a Bible, right, right in the front. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I, I cannot believe I just opened the Bible for the first time. And then her other friend was like, well, did you know that, like, those numbers, like, add up to something? I'm talking about Canaan if you've ever been there. And there's numbers on the wall. And the numbers add up to 33, which is the life of Jesus. And so her friend said, well, yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but, like, 33, I guess. is like." And she's like, how do we know how old Jesus is? Like, that's weird. And I, I, could, I had to say something. I just had to. I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. Oh, man, I don't want to bug in. But, like, that's, that's the years that Jesus lived on earth. And he died. And whether, whether you believe that he's God or not, he was actually a historical figure. So that's how we know how old he was. And then I kind of went and did my thing. But I was like, I cannot believe there are somebody in the city that has never opened the Bible. Like, that has got to do something to your soul and grip you when you feel called to Jesus. He calls you to the world. That's the great commission. But within that, if you don't understand the power of God, your words will fall to the ground every single time. And so the scripture says that, that there's something about the word of our testimony. And so anyway, I brought all that to say there's a prophecy in the scripture, and it was written 800 years before it came to pass. Just to give us context, America is about 240-something years old. So that's a long time, 800 years. It says this in Isaiah about the cross. But he, Jesus, they didn't know it was Jesus, but they are talking about a Messiah. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace, because we found peace, that punishment was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. And then there was something that happened with the cat of nine tails. I don't know if you know this, but the cat of nine tails in the Roman Empire, they used this to, to really inflict pain, so much pain that it would almost take away like the person's image, like it distorted them so much. And 
It was nine strains of bone, rock, glass, and wire. And I just want to go through some imagery of, of breaking down the crucifixion. Why is this important? Because when I celebrate July 4th, I'm grateful for our country. But I'm like, man, it's deeper than that. I get to walk around with no chains connected to me. I get to walk around with freedom. Freedom from Jesus, freedom from the blood, and freedom from the, because of the cross. And so the first is they use the whip. The whip, if you're taking notes, it resembled the freedom in your body. I don't know if you knew this, but when Jesus died for you, he died so that you would have freedom in your body. The scripture says in Isaiah, by his wounds we are healed. So there are sickness in your body that he paid for. First Peter says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. We have to be willing, though, to die to our sins in order to step into the righteousness. But who died for our sins? You didn't. You can't do that. Jesus did, the creator of the universe. And so he took on the cross on his physical body so that you can have healing in yours. And I don't know if you believe that, but I really do. I really do that, believe Jesus can heal you. I believe that Jesus has that power. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in Grandma Liz's life. I've seen it in people's life. If you have an ailment of cancer or disease, he can heal you from that, and I believe that. I believe that he can heal you from cancer. I believe that he can heal you from anything that would hinder, hinder your physical body. So when I encounter sickness, I know I have the power to believe in the freedom in my body. The next is the thorns. You know, they took this crown and they placed it on his head and they kind of buried it into his head. And it was a representation of a crown because they claimed that Jesus was the king. And he was going to overcome the Roman Empire. And so they, pl they, they placed this crown and the crown represents the freedom of your mind. Did you know that? that you can have freedom, you can step into the freedom that God really wants for you in your mind. He's, he died on the cross for your mind. Scripture says the punishment that brought us peace so that we can have and obtain peace. John says this, peace, Jesus saying, peace I leave with you and my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I have given you peace of mind. And because of the cross, Jesus has given that to us. There's freedom from painful memories. And here's the thing. I always have these conversations with God, but it's, it's kind of like a neuroscience thing. I don't, I don't know if you ever kind of comprehend this. Why isn't that God can't just erase memories in our life? Like just erase them, God. I don't even want that memory anymore. Well, that's a whole other conversation, but I really do believe the way our brains are wired is that God can set you free from the memories and the affliction that someone or somebody did to you, but you have to be willing to surrender that to God, and he can heal your mind. He can heal the memories. He can set free all of the things that have happened in the past, but he will give you the freedom to understand them. I really do believe that. I believe that Jesus died so that you would have freedom from anxiety and freedom from depression. Do you believe that? I believe that, and it's much deeper than just saying it. 
It's much deeper than just saying, I got it and it's good. You, you have to do something and partner with the King of Kings and the Lord. You have to partner with the Holy Spirit. You have to ask God to give you wisdom to reconcile the things of your mind. And the scripture says that he will renew your mind. But he gave me freedom to walk into that. I don't serve a God that says, sorry, that stuff happened. You're just going to have to work through it all throughout life. No. I have met people that have gone through some traumatic things, yet they can look back in their memory and say, you know what, God didn't intend for that to happen, but he surely used it for his glory so that I can give back to those that have gone through some broken things. I am healed from that experience, so now I'm going to allow that experience to bring healing to others, and I'm set free from that. And some of us need to step into that freedom and, and experience the freedom that he has for you in your mind. For God didn't give you a spirit of fear. That's a whole other story, right? He gave you freedom from unhealthy thoughts. And so we have to learn how to step into that. But you have access to it. I love this. Isaiah says, you will keep in perfect peace for those whose minds, there's the mind, are steadfast. Why? Because they trust in you. They trust in you. They trust in you, God. So you keep those that trust in you, you keep their mind steadfast. You keep their mind healthy. And so Jesus died on the cross so that you would have freedom in your mind. And the next is the nails, right? We know the story of the nails, the nails that were pierced in his, his wrists and his hands. The freedom in my hands and feet were pierced for our transgressions. Hebrews says this, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. It's, it's like the things that you do and you've done with your hands and your feet. What have you done with your hands <laughs> and where has your feet taken you? And, and you need to know this when you come to church that God has set you free from those things. That he has given you freedom, that he's forgiven you. And forgiveness is a very deep and complex thing. It's connected to your mind as well. But I just need to encourage somebody in church today. God has forgiven you of your past. He has set you free from anything that you have done with your hands and with your feet. Hebrews says this, how much more then will the blood, there it is, the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, who cleansed our consciousness from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. God did that for us. And so he takes the shame from our past. I, I, I know this. I'm not naive. I know there's a lot of shame in this room. I know there's a lot of shame of things that have happened in the past. There's a lot of shame of, of, of things that you did and, and you didn't really have knowledge of it then, but now you look back and you just are gripped with shame or maybe something that happened to you and you look back and you're gripped with shame, but you need to know that because of the blood of Jesus, because of the cross, he has set you free from that and you can own it and you can step into it and you can understand that you are free and free indeed. You no longer have to walk in condemnation. You are free from those sins. And I, I do believe that is something that God has called this church to remind people of. Okay, so I want to encourage you loud and clear. It is by grace that he has set you free. It is by only what he has done that you are free. Not anything that you've done, okay? We gotta, we gotta really get that right theologically. There's nothing that you can possibly do to experience his love and forgiveness. 
You accept him for who he is and he will cleanse you and he will wash you and he will look at you and say, son and daughter, you are forgiven of anything that you have done. And there's freedom in that. But what the enemy wants to do is he wants to let you know you're not free. No, God knows what you did. God knows what you're doing. God knows you're this and you're that. And so he'll, he'll, he'll grip your mind and he'll grip your heart and he'll grip what you've done in the past. And he, he stops you. He makes you stagnant to move forward for the future. But he's given you freedom. Amen? I believe that. I really believe that. I believe we got to really internalize the freedom he's given us from our past. And Psalm says this. I love it. It says, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. Those sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. You ought to receive that this morning. You ought to step into that this morning. As the worship team comes up, here's, here's the last one, is the spear. And the spear represents the freedom in your heart. Did you know you have freedom in your heart? Did you know that God can give you and will give you and has given you freedom in your heart. He crushed, he's crushed for our iniquity. So they were surprised that he died so soon. The Romans, he died on the cross and he was, he was gone, he was dead. He said, Father, it is finished and he died. Usually this could take days on the cross before they fully died. So they used the spear to pierce through his side. Psalm 147 says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. See, if you have a broken heart, God can heal it. If you have a broken heart right here in this room, God can heal your broken heart. And he will give you freedom from the words and from your words and from words that people have said to you, that have hurt you, that have brought you down, that have broken you, that have broken your spirit. He can give you freedom and he will give you freedom. And these are all powerful, but there is a sense of responsibility to walk in such freedom, isn't there? It's like the man that was given the keys in the jail cell. You have to be willing to get up and walk out. And the problem is we actually want to stay in the cell. We want to stay in the comfortability of it because it feels good sometimes. There's like it makes sense sometimes. There's not a lot of faith walk that's required. And, and you know, it's just like, well, I'm kind of comfortable with where I'm at right now. And I know I have the key and I know that God has opened up the door, but I just kind of don't want to step into that yet. And when you do that, you're relinquent. You're actually giving back the freedom to God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that type of believer. I want to actually believe that Jesus has set me free, and now I have a part to play in his kingdom. And so I don't want to be on the bench, right? I love basketball. Shout out to everyone who plays basketball. We play on Sunday nights. If you want to come out, we'd love to see you. 6 p.m. And for anyone, like anyone who understands sports, it's like, I do not, I don't know about you, when I play sports, I hated being on the bench. It's like, man, what do I have to do to get into the game? And the beauty is God has given every person access to be in the game, to step up and to serve a community and to serve people and to step up and to know that God has called me for such a time as this because there's broken people all around me. I'm broken too, but I don't know about you, but I'm going to step into the freedom and the fullness that he's given me. And I'm going to take responsibility. There's a quote from a man named Viktor Frankl. You should look him up. He's He's a pretty powerful uh, philosophical uh, voice. He came out of Nazi Germany. His name was Viktor Frankl. 
And he said this, he said, if the Statue of Liberty on the East Coast represents freedom, then there should be a statue of responsibility on the West Coast. Why? Because freedom and responsibility go hand in hand. And I could show you all throughout scripture, we don't have time. But when you have the freedom God has given you, you have a responsibility to own that freedom. Galatians 5, read it. So I don't, I'm not going to eat certain foods or I'm not going to do certain, certain things because now I know there's a community watch. There are people watching me. And I want to I step into the freedom God has always given me. So if I'm going to make somebody stumble or if I'm going to make my brother stumble, if I'm going to make somebody stumble, then I am actually relinquishing the freedom God has given me. And it's kind of like a cheap grace at that point. Not me, not us, not our community, not what, the, what scripture calls us to. I want to step into the fullness of God. And so wherever you're at, there's something about responsibility. I'm learning that a lot. Like Kelly and I have a space, we got a house, you know, and it's like there's so much cool stuff going on. And now we got a little baby girl. And I know I'm doing a little too much, but I don't know about you, but I want to own my responsibility. Because that's the freedom God's given me, Right? So here, watch this. A lot of times we're like, I just want freedom. I just want to do whatever I want. I want to live my life. I want to hang out. And that's great. Do that. But what happens is if you don't have responsibility in your life, then you're actually saying, God, I could care less about what you've given me. And I don't want to be that type of person. I want to take responsibility for what it is. So just to make this clear, if you have Jesus, you are already free. Okay? You're free. Know that this morning. You're free and you're free indeed. You're free to live your life that God has called you to live. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall short. You're going to mess up. We all do. But the, the call is to get back up, to stand straight, and say, God, what have you called me to do? I'm not going to let my past hold me back. I'm not going to let my shame bring me down. I'm going to step into the fullness that God has called me to. And I'm telling you right now, the enemy would love to tell you you're not good enough. You don't make enough. You don't do enough. You work too much. You don't have anything to offer the world. But we got the freedom of the Spirit of God in this place. And so wherever I go, whoever I talk to, whoever I meet, I know that I got the Spirit of the living God within me. And He can cast out demons. And He can set you free. And He can heal your body. And He can give you the confidence and the wisdom and the guidance to live the life that God has called you. So I don't know if there's anybody in the house that wants to step in the fullness and the freedom that He's giving you. It's freedom, baby. It's freedom. Yeah, I'll celebrate the freedom. I'll throw up fireworks for the freedom. And as I sip it and I look at the fireworks and I think of everything that has happened and I'm grateful for my country, you better believe that when you look up in the sky, don't forget that there is a King of kings and a Lord of lords who knows you and who has set you free to live the life you were called to live. So step in it, baby. Step in it. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. The time is now. The time is now. So yeah, I'm on a roll. Just keep coming with me. For the time is now. So I'm going to serve the church. I'm going to get up. Well, come on, shout out to Marky who brings the table. I'm going to serve the church. I'm going to serve the church. I'm going to pray right here. We're going to have a prayer huddle. We're going to pray that God would bring salvation to this place. Healings and miracles and wonders and signs. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise the church up with God. Come on. If you believe that, would you sing it out with me? Sing from the bottom of your heart that you're free, you're free, you're free, you're free. That there's freedom in this place. That there's freedom in this place. Right now, right now, if you just need a touch of God's freedom, if you just need a touch of his spirit, come on.
Come on, if you just need his spirit, if you're broken, if you're, if you're in shame, if you're in bondage, come on, you need the touch of his spirit. Right now, right now, come on, just experience his love and his goodness. Come on, let's sing, let's sing. Just experience his goodness. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. The life for life, for liberty, and for the pursuit of happiness, for the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus, do what you want in me. It's a dangerous prayer. Don't pray, don't pray it if you don't want it. Jesus, do whatever you want in my life. Jesus, do whatever you want in my life. I submit to your word. I submit to your call. I submit to the plans that you have over my life. I submit to your spirit. I want to be spirit-led. So it doesn't make sense. Man doesn't understand it. The wisdom of the world doesn't get it. But God, I want your freedom. I want freedom in my marriage. I want freedom with my children. I want freedom in my relationships. I want to walk in the fullness of God. So Jesus, give me your freedom right now. Right now, Jesus, change my mind, reshape my mind, renew my mind. You've given me freedom in my mind. You've given me freedom in my body. You've given me freedom of my past. You've given me freedom, God, freedom of my heart. Set me ablaze for you, Jesus.